This is Policy Explained. Public policy, shaping the present, inheriting the future, building rapport. Hi, and welcome to Policy Explained. Public policy, shaping the present, inheriting the future, building rapport. This is episode 2 of this podcast series. This is Carmela Francesca Adelantar, a Bachelor of Arts and Political Science student at the University of the Philippines, Visayas. And I am the anchor of this podcast series. Well, before we jump off the real score of this podcast, allow me to explain what is this for. This podcast is an output for Polsai 150, Public Policy and Administration class under Professor Papito Fernandez Jr. This is a series that attempts to correlate the arguments from the key readings given by the professor to the current situation of Philippine public policy and administration. For this episode, we are going to discuss how public policy is establishing rapport between institutions, formal and informal, using the policy tools presented by theorists, policy studies scholars, in the political realm in order to meet objectives and address concern. Well, taking a step back, it was discussed in the previous episodes the theories and factors contributing to the development of public policy as derived from the readings authored by Marume, a blogspot, and Andrew Haywood. So this time, we are using readings from Haywood, Jordan and Turnpenny, Marume and uh, Robert Gooden. We're in, we are trying to tie them, up, tie them up together in order to build a strong argument that public policy is not just writing a good policy in order to give a development progress to the community, but as well as how this policies enables inter-party discrimination, furthers clientelism, and as well as understanding how party politics works in a Philippine context. Well, we all know that policies have been a hot topic today as the Philippines has been railroading budget for the year 2020 under the Duterte administration and this political circus that is happening in the House of Representatives. We can see that um, public policy is indeed a broad topic to tackle on because it has to protect the economy, protect the welfare of the people at the same time, and as well as protect the environment. As explained by our professor, Professor Pepito Fernandez, that environment should ascribe in a more wider perspective than it is being treated nowadays. It is being treated as the most minimal objective or a factor to to see. We, we can see that there is a minimal importance that is given to the environment whereas we are in the midst of climate crisis. We are in the midst that the future of the next generation is hampered. How come these politicians are politicizing 
antagonizing policy tools in order to protect their connections, the groups, and as well as uh, personal vendetta or agenda. Well, I've been saying too much, but however, I'm trying to point here out that policy tools are not merely just theories presented by these scholars, such as Jordan and Turnpenny, but as well as how these tools can maneuver or steer the government in leading or probably turning the whole nation into this perspective of not a collective but an individualistic approach. Well, institutions here in the Philippines is very liquid. We can see institutions arising from one another wherein we call new social movements in a political society. This is a manifestation that we are in a postmodern society in which we value individualistic objectives in order to pursue an advocacy, in order to pursue a call, pursue a demand. So, through these new social movements, they are being institutionalized in so-called informal institutions as well as formal institutions in the government. Through what? Of course, influencing policies, building connections with politicians with in the House of Congress, in the House of Senate. So, I have been into this um, advocacy for a very long time now. Lobbied two policies already and one bill in the House of Representatives, in the House of Senate. There is one thing that I could, uh, uh, I can really tell is that there is a strong sense of charismatic politics in the public policy realm as it is defined by Max Weber however uh, I mean in connection um, what are these groups what am I talking about these movements so these groups are could be doctors farmers business corporations as defined by Haywood, which are called the client groups, who are who is going to benefit the policies, but not just going to benefit it, but as well as influencing it. So through their respective agencies, such as organizations that they have built, a non-government organization, it could be a progressive organization. This clientelism or clientelistic politics may benefit from this kind of political system, this kind of open democratic system. So it helps to maintain consensus as what public policy is aimed for and as well as organized interest, institutionalized interest and legalized interest. I've been saying a lot with um, how these uh, organizations are delving into public policy. I'll give you one concrete example. I have been working with environmental groups, Youth Strike for Climate Philippines, that we are onto um, the development of NDCs. NDCs are 
plans being crafted by the state that participated in the Paris Agreement last um, conference of parties held in Paris, France, wherein states are compelled to strategize or give a vision that will going to uh, uh, reduce the climate temperature or their carbon emission contribution in worldwide. So we can see here that um, lobbying policies between institutions have been uh, mainstreaming it already in environmental groups here in the Philippines, calling them to act on the impending climate crisis and demand for climate justice through what, of course, lobbying policies, building connections with politicians in the, pol in the House of Representatives and in the House of Senate. As defined by Ford and uh, Turnpenny, policy tools are regarded as means to address many other fam policy formulation, formulation tasks. It could be uh, getting the consensus of everybody or getting the voices of the organization or these marginalized sector. For example, understand, understanding the nature of policy problems estimating how they might change over time and clarifying or even eliminating some of the policy response options so policy tools does not only integrating with building policies in the bureaucracy itself but as well as consolidating comments consolidating perspectives of these group in order to build a strong policy that will going to protect the lives the environment and the environment so in fact as said by Ford uh, to understand these tools we argue that policy researchers must view them in a context of broader activities and, poli and processes of po fam policy formulation groups are really diverse here in the Philippines they embody different calls they embody different demands they represent different sectors and as what Ford and Turnpenny suggest, it must see in a broader context. See this in a wider context, not just in the realm of big four halls of these houses, but as well as going to the ground, analyzing what is really happening. What, is their, what are their calls? Why are they amplifying this to the streets? Not just in the parliament of the streets, but as well as participating in policy formulation. Well, understanding this, it is not just organizations that is participating in this policy tool formulation, but as well as party politics here in the Philippines. I have seen interviews that done by political scientists here in the Philippines, like Dr. Julio Tihangi from the De La Salle University, wherein he explained how clientelism and party politics delve into capitalism wherein we analyze that they're building connections together and capitalism is hurting the environment so bad well there is always a boon and bane with when it comes to building rapport within public policy advocacy sometimes it will going to help address the comments or the calls of the people 
but most times it protects the interest of these capitalist tycoons. We can see that uh, if we should weigh everything that is happening right now, where are we? Where are we standing in the issue of climate crisis, public policy, and how institutions work together, together with the environment, I mean, with the government, in order to build a very strong policy that will protect our future. But there will always be an external factor that will hamper this, pers I mean, that will going to hamper this objective. There's this outlook. That is party politics. How does politician use their power, their connections, to power play the calls and demand of the grassroots? Well, it is also highlighted in the Oxford reading that it policy public policy is making persuasion. Persuasion does not only means of going to the streets, but as well as how can you talk to them formally or informally. One of the examples are which when I lobby policies together with these politicians, I tend to participate as well in, the, in their circle, wearing formal dresses, wines, and a very solemn talk. It's like mainstreaming yourself within their circle in order for you to get their votes to get their trust in order to support your policies and that is how rapport means that is how the politics in the philippines work if whoever is on your side that that person will going to pr to pursue your advocacy they are going to pursue your call wrapping this up public policy is not just about these technocratic terms used in the parliament in the legislative realm but it is about understanding how these policies moves forward how these policies are being railroaded besides being depicted in the media that this is highly technocratic and these people could not understand this there should be a laymanizing term that policies are for the people and it should be crafted with accordance to the needs of the people. Policy should be normalized. Policy lobbying should be normalized. And policies crafted by the youth should be heard and it should not be a threat to the bureaucracy, to the power withheld of the state. But it is, should be recognized within the political participation and identity of every Filipino youth. A desire for a future free from cruelty, violence, and clim climate crisis. Thank you so much for listening my this podcast. So this is episode 2, Building Rapport of Public Policy. 
Policy Explained, Public Policy, Shaping the Present, Inheriting the Future. So this is your anchor, Carmela, and see you on the next episode. For the next episode, we are going to analyze how Philippine public policy is being maneuvered by the youth lobbying policies and understanding the context of Philippine public policy in a lens of an environmental defender and an environmental lobbyist. So, ending this with a quote from Robert Goodin, decide, choose, legislate, as they will policymakers must carry people with them if their determinations are to have full force of policy. Thank you.